Hey, I'm Andrew Hales. I'm with Jim McKenzie. He's an artist. That's me. <laughs> and uh, you're you're a professional artist. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I I, I kind of figured I kind of made that up yesterday because you make a living from it. I do. Um, from that, from um, vessels around art. Yeah. So you have the art to start, and then you have YouTube. You have right. teaching. Um, merchandise, stuff like that. Okay, and, and you're classically trained. You went to school. Uh, I went to school for visual effects. Jim is drawing me now. <laughs> draw me like your French curls. Is <laughs> that the line? And then um, you're going to draw me just like this. Yep, just like and this. And then we're going to sell it on eBay, and it's going to go to a charity. It's going to go to the Exceptional Artist Foundation. Okay. which is a charity for special needs artists. And um, each year I volunteer at their summer program. Um, and it gives people just a chance to uh, take part in different artistic activities. So you have like sculpting, you have painting, photography. And uh, it's just an awesome Sweet. thing. Yeah, so. yeah. So link in the description if you want to bid on eBay for this one-of-a-kind sketch. He's starting out here. <laughs> this is what it looks like so far. We're, the, we're gonna yeah. get it going. By the end of the interview, we'll have it. It should be done, right? It takes about an I hour. I think so. I don't know. Is it gonna be an hour interview? Mm, could be half hour. I, I don't thought know. it was like a fifteen-minute thing. It could. Oh. <laughs> no, it could be fifteen <laughs> minutes too. Well, I edit it down to twenty minutes. Okay. So you finish a project. Um, how do you determine the value of it, or like a price point for it if it's not an auction? That's true. Um, well, a lot of the value is based off of previous value that I've already set for things. And it comes down to, you know, how much is somebody willing to pay for something? And when someone's willing to pay more, that sets the value of that piece. Okay. So you kind of, I mean, there, there are multiple ways to uh, gauge value. Um, some people do it on size. Okay. They 12 by 12. They might times the two numbers and then get a price. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you could also go by detail, by just gut feelings. And um, I used to hmm. teach um, film and animation, stuff like that. And I had other teacher friends, and we would discuss how we would grade particular students. And because yeah. it was such a difficult thing, you give assignments. What's and you're the like, standard? Yeah. I, everyone has a different uh, little algorithm where someone will be like, I'm going to you know, give them this test, this test, and times these two, uh, also by class participation, blah, blah, blah. And they had all this, this little system. Wow. And I was just going on gut feelings. Like if how much you liked it or not? Like, like Well, you know, if somebody really <laughs> cared about the project and they just weren't cutting it, I think you, I would try to give them a, a decent grade, but then just, yeah. you know, I wouldn't give them the, a perfect grade. But it was all based on like just feelings and like if somebody was like good but kind of sucked yeah and they just had like this weird attitude where there was one person that was like that i you know maybe just knock it down just a little bit you would so you would kind of gauge how much effort they were putting in yeah yeah huh but in the end of the day grades didn't really matter anyway because it's like it it's comes art. down to the person yeah yeah <laughs> so. yeah art school man you were a professor yeah it was just teaching film and animation and storytelling like filming it like like Pixar kind of stuff Pixar kind of stuff storyboarding and just the whole process um, from start to finish of creating films short stories and 3d animations when you have a vision let's see the monster's mother 
when you're just like, all right, like you were just walking down the street one day and like that just popped in your head. You're like, oh, okay. And then you had like every little detail or was it like, um, like the vision changed as you went? I think it always changes as you go, but there, there are some where you have a very strong vision right from the start and there are some where you just have a very vague idea. You go into it and you know, it turns into something completely different at the end. Okay. And it's all just the whole process of going and especially uh, projects that take um, you know, months to complete, you have so much time in between to really just analyze it, step back, take a look at what you're doing, you know, understand it, and then say, you know, I'm going to add a, a bigger twist to it. Um, mm. I think for the Scarecrow in particular, that was something that started with like a very specific gut feeling. I was on a train and uh, just not feeling it at all. It was like, felt just like completely empty and like... Like writer's block. A, a little bit. But that was also the main focus of the piece because Scarecrow was very empty. It was just very straight oh, to the point. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> I just made no, but that. in a okay. sense, it, it was like maybe a creative block or I wasn't really getting to do everything that I wanted to be doing. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I was just kind of stuck like this and I was on the train and I just drew out that character okay. and uh, kept it in my sketchbook. And I guess a month later, I decided... I reopened the sketchbook I saw it and I was like I'm going to try to sculpt this it worked out they're almost always evolving and changing as you yeah definitely and they the Scarecrow the Monster's Mother they both took a few months to do yeah well the Monster's Mother that was something I drew on a plane and I wanted to draw or I wanted to sculpt um, a Frankenstein character but I didn't want to sculpt Frankenstein um, Mm -hmm. so specifically so I wanted to do somebody that's in his world that hasn't been created yet. So I figured, you know, what would his mom look like if she was like a 1950s mom in a stop motion film? Hmm. And that's how I got that. How's it coming? It's coming out okay. We got some basic form going on in there. Ah. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Very nice. Hey, let me see if I can get that pose here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're more like. Yeah. Okay. How, how does one make it? A hobby like painting or sculpting a career the short answer is just work and uh, also prioritizing uh, you want to make sure that your goal is the number one thing that you're working towards yeah um, I mean there's a lot of things that could get in the way I think that if you want to be a very successful artist it's very possible I mean, anybody can do it uh-huh. I don't even think that you have to be even talented to be a successful artist I think you could just you know, if that's all you want, you could just sit down, study the people f- before you, and uh, just do it. You know, sell yourself. Um, but again, that would have to be the only thing that you want because there's things that are going to get in the way. There's going to be life that's in the way. Yeah. And by prioritizing just solely that, it's doable. But I mean, even I, I don't want that. You know, I want to live. I want you know friends. I want a life. Yeah. Um, and I think living, enjoying life is just as important. As working so you have to find that balance it's different for everybody um, there are people that are so hungry that they want to just go for it and you know it's usually uh, people that are starting out and they just go straight for it and uh, a lot of times they get it but um, I think you really have to uh, be self-aware of what is it that you really want and uh, make some time for yourself to uh, to actually live too because you don't want to burn yourself out do you have a routine where you're like at, at 9 p.m. or at like you know 
at 10 a.m. I'm going to sculpt for three hours or whatever. You know? Yeah, I have like really bad ADD. Like it's not prescribed, it's not um, diagnosed, but sure. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I I have a theory that just ADD is just create like just a create like creative people have ADD. Yeah, I I could say that. I mean, yeah. I know for myself, I just pace in circles nonstop, and I just you know throw out ideas and I'm talking out loud and yeah. It gets and it gets distracted so easily. So I have to write down everything that I'm going to be doing for the day, all my goals each day. Mm-hmm. And I have like a a thing on my wall, of like monthly goals that I want to hit. Um, what kind of like how does the goals work? Like finish this sculptor by this date. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll have like a piece needed here. I'll have to do an appearance here. I'll have to um, you know make calls during the day. So I have one of those like giant jumbo calendars. So each day has. You know, Tuesday, go to Andrew's house, draw him and dog. Um, tomorrow, cool. I don't know, do something. Your sculptures are very detailed. How do you know when you've added in enough detail, or it's just gut instinct, probably? It a lot of the times it, it ends because there's a deadline. Okay. And, you know, it's like all right, no more of this. Do you ever look back at your previous work and be like, oh, I could have done this better? Yeah, all the time. Oh. And I I hate a lot of the stuff I've done. Really? And, um, I think that's a good thing because it pushes you to do something better. You're big on Instagram. A little bit. Yeah, you got like 200 something K. That's fun, yeah. <laughs> is that a, is Instagram a good place for artists to show their work? I think so. I, I love looking at art on Instagram. I think it's pretty inspiring. You could see up to date with what artists are doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't want to... Uh, make it a habit to live on Instagram. It's a great place to go on a little art vacation, but um, you don't want to have your entire portfolio solely living on Instagram or any platform hmm. for that. Um, Diversify. Right, and just make nests for yourselves in different um, little vessels, whether it's uh, digitally or physically, because I, I, I kind of uh, equate it to uh, Voldemort and Harry Potter. Are you aware of? A little character. bit, a little bit. Well, I know who he is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, he does this thing where he takes his soul, splits it into multiple pieces, and he puts it into these horcruxes. So he'll put it into this coffee mug of Bonnie. He'll put it into a stapler, and uh, huh. it's just little slivers of himself in different places spread out. And I saw that, and I kind of equated it to art or just any form of a career path where you want to be selling yourself. If you're a model, if you're a singer... You don't want to just live on Instagram because it's not ours, you know. Hmm. Someone owns that. Um, when you, yeah, when you do put it on Instagram, is it immediately owned by Facebook? I believe so. I mean, yeah, I don't Facebook know. owns I, Instagram. Because I knew I I've heard that like way back in the day that everything you upload to Facebook is property it's, of Facebook. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, it's like you remember um, Vine that just got shut down out of nowhere, and everyone's vines were just gone yeah so like that could happen to anything right like, okay um, I, I always think of websites as um, buildings or uh, storefronts that you know you have a, a great store uh, maybe you're you know it's been passed down whatever it's been around for a while but that store will eventually be abandoned it's not gonna live forever same mm. with MySpace you know that's like the first sign of that so if you have something uh, an entire portfolio maybe maybe it's your modeling career and it's just strictly on Instagram second your profile gets deleted are you still a model 
So that's what I, you know, I, I bring mm. back, bringing it back to the Horcrux situation. Yeah, platforms. Where, yeah, you want to be able to either have multiple digital platforms like Andrew Hale lives on uh, YouTube, um, Twitter, yeah, um, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. real life. Most of my stuff's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, you could still say YouTube gets killed. Right. You could still live on through various platforms. Right, right. Yeah. Right. What's the most lucrative way you've um, <laughs> sold your art? What's the highest price piece you've sold? Either? Yeah, yeah, sure. What's the... So a lot of them, they go to auctions or no. Uh, so what it is, is like you'll have a gallery show or a group show and they'll have price points and um, usually someone will have like a catalog at the front desk and you could check... Uh, how mm-hmm. much each piece cost, and um, what's the most wanted pieces sold for? Uh, some sold for over ten thousand. Uh, some sell for a couple hundred bucks. You know, it, it depends on the size, the uh, yeah, you know, the amount of effort you put into it. And like I mentioned before, it's just a gut feeling. Like maybe this is the same size of something that I sold for six thousand, but I put a lot more effort into it, and I, I'm more attached to it, so I'll do seven thousand or something like that. Yeah, and. Um, Man, it comes down to who's willing to pay for it, and uh, that sets it at that price. What sold for ten? That was um, a giant sculpture of my dog as a caterpillar. Wow! He was this big, fluffy caterpillar, but it was oh, it my was, dog's face. Okay. Yeah, he had made out of hands. like clay. Made out of garbage. Really? It really was. Man. And um, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, I got a lot of B-roll for this. Okay. Um, yeah, that uh, I went to my trash bin and I just found like soda cans and like dog food cans. <laughs> I wow. washed everything out. It's not it's not dirty, <laughs> but um, wow. Yeah, and I just threw cement on it just to get this giant form hmm. and uh, built around that. Okay, yeah. it's a garbage dog. Did you see uh, exit through the gift shop? Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was crazy. Yeah, I love that movie. Well, it's crazy, yeah. The guy's like clueless, and then he's selling it, you know. And when he's like on his skateboard, and he's just <laughs> making all the art at once, you know. And the, the, yeah, oh, he's a he's a real he's a character. character is yeah. that is he the definition of like a hack to you? No, I don't think he's a hack. I think he's just a regular. That's definitely him. Because um, <laughs> one day, did you ever meet him? No, I met him on the street a few times. Actually, he's such a character. He's exactly how. He would be. I was actually walking out of my office down the street. Shepard Ferry was doing a mural, so mm. I was about to go check it out. And the first time I ever met Mr. Brainwash, I was on the corner, just getting a coffee. I was mm-hmm. about to go there, and I bump into him, and I'm like, "Oh, weird." Mm. And uh, for some reason, he's like, "Do you want a picture? Give me your camera phone." He huh. takes my phone, and he's like, "How do I get to camera?" And he's then he starts taking all these selfies. <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah. This is this is hilarious. I gotta go with it. You just assumed you wanted a picture. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking to him. Huh. I was like, "Oh, what's up?" And I was like, "Are you going to the Shepherd Fairy mural?" Okay. And he's like, "What are you talking about? I did not know." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is just a really weird coincidence." And he's like, "Okay, let's go together." So we walk over there, and um, you know, he's still doing his mural, and Mr. Brainwash is across the street, and he's like, "Okay, get me standing over here near this pole," and like Shepherd Fairy is all the way in the background, and I have his phone now, and I'm taking pictures of him, and he's like. I check yeah. it out. <laughs> and I was like, this is bizarre. And it was like a month after I saw the movie too, so Yeah. It was just crazy. Man. But he I like him. I think he's he's his own breed of 
artist. Well, yeah, this, the movie kind of makes a statement, like, yeah, if it's like art, art is so it's kind of a like a joke, like what, like how much it sells for, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is and it isn't. It's it's a combination of what you could get away with. Yeah, it's um, you know, there's there's art that people make that they know they could profit from immediately. Any last words? Are you almost done? I think I'm almost done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is how it's looking. Wow. There you guys are. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I'll there it is. You can buy it on eBay. It's going to go to a good cause. It's for charity. For charity. First link in the description. Yeah. Um, and then I'll link uh, all your other info. Okay. You don't have to do that. No, yeah. No, it's protocol. Oh, okay. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. I will see you next week. Thank you.